Welcome to the Who Shuffled Tabletop Podcast. Episode 14, Rapid Fire Topics. Welcome to Who Shuffled. I'm Tom Tanner. And I'm Hugh Stevens. We got a good show for you today. We just got done with RetroCon, which I covered that in a little bit in the last episode, but Hugh was at RetroCon with us. Let's talk a little about that. Yeah, man. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, had Unfortunately, it's a little bit of a distance that I had to cover. It's about two hours. Actually, and I always forget the way cross is that far because I've moved further away from you guys. But um, it was worth the trip. Um, it was a lot of fun. We only got to, me and my wife got to go for, I don't know, we was probably there maybe five hours. But I uh, got to play a lot of cool games, meet some cool people, and um, overall had a lot of fun, Tom. You did, you did bring you know help you did bring yourself when that was an addition but then i lost my wife in the process so it was kind of a wash right like as soon as you showed up she disappeared with your wife yeah i, I can't really answer for my wife <laughs> <laughs> Tom. but uh yeah it was awesome man we uh really got some hands-on with pixel tactics and i wanted to hope we can get into that a little bit later in the show but uh really enjoyed that game and uh got a lot to talk about with that yeah, I've been playing a lot of games. You've been playing a lot of games other than that? Um, Well, we played a few. Um, me and you've got together and played a few. True. Let's do some new stuff. You want to do some new stuff? Yeah. Okay. First thing, first thing, we got to talk about this X-Wing thing because the the local group on Facebook is blowing up about it. The Dice Tower group, the board game group, the one on Facebook, um, and everybody on Board Game Geek seems like that's the hot topic right now is this X-Wing 2nd Edition. So if you don't know, um, I've only played X-Wing one time just with a little starter set, just messing around with it. Um, but I've always kind of wanted to get into it and try it. And now I'm kind of glad I've waited because they've come out with a 2nd Edition, which, you know, it's probably okay. Um, it's probably going to die down a little bit, but like I think everybody's going to get over it. But basically, I think the big controversy is, you know, that they're changing everything over to the second edition, and so they're replacing everything in the line, which that's that's okay, and that's normal for this point in their cycle. I don't know if it's it's got to be pushing, what, like eight years or something since it came out? I would think so, yeah. I, I've seen a little bit about this, too, in the group. Um not maybe as much as you did, but just like you, I only have the starter kit, and I enjoyed it, but... Um, I was a little scared of the all-in, you know, mindset of the game of buying the ship. So I'm sure the guys who have a lot invested in this just feel kind of locked in. Um, like it's now you need to spend more money to keep everything viable. Right. And that's, and that's the problem is these conversion kits, you know, I mean, I think people would, I think, I think nobody would be upset at all if there was maybe like a single conversion kit that would work for the, your entire collection you know, for 40 to $50 or something like that, or even, you know, I don't know, something like that. But, but they've broken it down into the different factions. So there's like a rebellion, 
um, conversion kit, an Empire or Imperial, and then the um, the Bounty Hunter one, whatever they call that one. And they're fifty dollars each. So like, if anybody has a any sort of you know varied collection, if you got one of each or or two of them, you know, it could cost you anywhere from a hundred to one hundred fifty dollars just to be able to play like with the new, you know, play with your collection. Some people have you know hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of the stuff you know and you've got those invested and you've got everything set and ready to go and then all the tournaments and everything is switching over and everybody, that's what everybody's going to be playing so if you want to do that it a lot of people are looking at it as like a blatant cash grab you know just saying hey you know you're in here you're locked in you're gonna you're gonna pay this 150 dollars or you're gonna find a new game you know yeah, and you know, here on Who Shuffled, you know, we like to, we don't like to bash on any game or anything. That the game has been great, uh, to my knowledge. There's a lot of loyal fans behind it, but it does feel a little cash grabby. I guess um, it's just maybe feels a little dirtier uh, yeah. the way the actions have went down and the announcement of it. Seems like it could have been done better. Yeah, or and and maybe it's an overreaction. Maybe maybe these prices. This is just what's listed on Fantasy Flight's website. You know, forty nine ninety five, you know, per kit. And and I got the names here: it's Rebel, Galactic, and then Scum and Villainy is the third one. But maybe maybe once it hits retailers, you know, and you can actually buy it, um, maybe it's going to be discounted closer to maybe thirty five or forty. That would soften the blow quite a bit. But that's still substantial. Um, price for this i mean i mean don't get me wrong i mean if you're coming out with a second edition i'm sure they're making all these great changes and it's going to be so much better but you don't want to alienate your you know your core audience because i mean a game this old we'll, we'll just see how it pans out but i'm scared this is uh, you know gonna hurt hurt their following more than than help it because i don't see how a second edition is going to bring in a ton of new people right it's not like yeah. oh all of a sudden now since it's the second edition they changed the artwork on the box you know and changed the cards and the way it plays a little bit that now there's just going to be this flood of new x-wing players you know yeah yeah it's a, it's a lifestyle game yeah but i mean the people that have been that kept them going that has kept x-wing alive all this time the ones that have been the ones that have been buying all this stuff and and playing it religiously like you said like a lifestyle game um they're the ones that are hurting you know like kind of I don't know. Maybe there's more in the box than than what I've read, but it looks just like it's just, you know, changed the cards. Um, you know, all the cards were changed to fit the new rules and then, like, new dials. And a lot of people are mad. That's all I know. <laughs> They're really mad about it. Well, it's definitely worth reporting. Uh, like I said, it's uh, something we'll have to keep following up on and see how it goes. And, you know, Fantasy Flight's a well-established company, and maybe they'll put a spin on it and respond to some of the... Yeah. reviews and the outlash and the, but um anything else new anything else happening oh you got something here about the star realms what's, what's that about yeah yeah i, was, I just wanted to make a quick mention um i like the game star realms we mentioned it when i was on the show before um those of you who don't know it's a fun little head-to-head deck builder but uh there's a really good app for it it's been out for a while but just a day or two ago they released an arena version to where you're basically it's in-app tournaments uh, kind of new neat little features good to see any game keep getting add-ons but basically you get a weekly entry one free entry into a tournament and can win extra cards extra expansions and you know there's some in-app purchases this is a free to get to buy a game to play game but with in-app purchases so 
it's just neat. Uh, something I'll be checking out. But anybody that's tried it or maybe wants to try it, is they keep adding on. So that's always a good thing. So this you're talking about the Star Realms app, like it has nothing to do with the actual physical game. It's just the app. Version. Yeah, yeah, yes. It's okay, just okay. an app version. It's just a um, basically a arena mode, a tournament mode has been added, and uh, I think it was really May first. I think was when it was released, and so you technically can win prizes. Anybody in the Star Realms, I highly the the app is on everything, uh, Android, iOS, Steam. So anybody in the Star Realms, try it. But uh, there's a cool campaign mode in it, like there is many apps. Um, you know, we're a pretty big component of board games and apps, too. So um, uh, just thought that was neat to see that they added a, a new tournament mode. And anybody pretty serious or wants to get serious in it, that's a good way to start you a lot in that and try it out. Yeah, sounds cool. Yeah, I guess the only other thing I want to talk about was OkiCon, which I'm sure we'll talk about it again at the end of the show. But So that's this weekend. Um you're not going to be able to make it to that, are you? No, unfortunately, I won't be able to make it. We'll be out of town. But you got a lot of other guys coming, it sounds like, maybe, with the Who Shovel team. Is Ryan going? Yeah, so Ryan's supposedly coming. I'm not sure if Rachel's coming with him or not. But um, And then Josh, he's coming. So we should have you know, me and Lauren and at least two others, so at least four people. I hope that's pretty awesome. Y'all got a lot planned for it, too, don't you? I've seen y'all have a lot of giveaway games uh, coming up again. Yeah, Lauren and Ryan have both like told me how crazy I am. <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I, I, I gave away, he called me Santa Claus in the last episode because I gave away like all, like pretty much all the games I was going to give away at OkiCon, at RetroCon, except for um, The Godfather. You know, we're still, oh. that's the one we were going to be giving away this weekend. And that's <laughs> still our grand that prize. Out. Holding that yeah. one out, keeping people waiting. Uh, that's right, that's right. Everybody's excited about it, though. So, um, yeah, I got the cool stuff order in and just broke it open t- today, um, the new new shipment. Got some fun little stuff we're going to do. We're going to be giving away some dice. Uh, I got uh, probably about 240 dice coming. So that'll be fun for, like, the kids and, and stuff, you know. We'll give out some of those, like, all kinds of different D20, D10, 12s, 8s, everything. And, um... And then I got some little minis, you know, I got a bunch of the like hero clicks and just kind of like some random little miniatures that I'm going to try to give away um, or just let, let kids have. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're nothing special, but it'd be good to practice, good to be practice painting with or something, you know. The giveaways are awesome in my opinion. I uh, really appreciate it and thought it was nice to shout out to the Waycross Gaming community. Had WGC dice at the little, the RetroCon we attended and thought it was a nice addition so for real yeah and and not just not just regular dice they had chessex dice they were chessex brand you know custom dice so that's the good stuff <laughs> yeah it is but um yeah and actually i didn't even think about that so actually okicon will be over <laughs> by the time this this show airs but um but yeah we'll be getting ready for that and then we got the atlanta game fest coming up after that and uh, I know Josh is going to that, and I'm probably gonna go, but we got a dance recital that Saturday, so I might I might do something yeah. super terrible and leave at like two o'clock in the morning, drive to Atlanta for like five hours and game all day, and then turn around and drive right back home. So hey, like, now that's commitment. That's commitment, man. I'll yeah, give you props for that. That's the only way I'm gonna be able to go if I go. Yeah. So we'll see. 
But so I'm not looking forward to the driving, but maybe it'll maybe I can make it. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. Keep us tuned in. If you don't have anything else, then we can talk about some games we played. Yeah, man. Decided to talk about some games we've been playing because this is a somewhat rare occurrence. Uh, the games we can talk about today we played together. No, it's weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we've played quite a few games together, but you know, we just haven't um, really gotten together recently. Everything in the world's been against us, Tom. Well, you know where to find me, and you know I'm playing games constantly. <sighs> oh, goodness. Okay, so it's my fault, guys. Y'all heard that? No, no, no. I didn't say it was your fault. Ryan's called. Ryan called me out. Now he's called me out. I'm just saying, if you want to play a game with me. You know I'm down. <laughs> He's always down. Okay. So, first game I, we should talk about, definitely, um, we kind of alluded to earlier, kind of mentioned it before, is Pixel Tactics. Uh, definitely something that I see we'll probably be playing more in the future. Um, had the opportunity, you know, to show off the tournament, but kind of wanted you to go in, Tom, and maybe... Just give us some basics about how the game's played, and we'll try to do it together. Um, but what would you? How would you start describing Pixel Tactics to someone? I don't know. I'd, I'd say that it's a very small box. You know, it's a. Um, I think they call it like a battle game. I think it's a battle card game, but it's a head-to-head, you know, game for two players. And the way it works out is there's 25 cards in the deck. And that's it. You know, the, each speech player has the same identical twenty-five cards. And um, I think it. I think the coolest part about it, by far, is the multiple uses, like multi-purpose cards. So, like, you kind of have to see these cards to understand what we're talking about. But each card, you know, you can hold it. Um, you hold it one one way. Like, if you you know hold it upright, you'll have a leader at the top. That's what they call it. And it's like a special, like every card is completely unique. So, so every, you know, you've got 25 different leaders, right? And they, that's kind of like you choose your leader to be your, like that you have your special power or whatever for the, um, for the game. Very important to the game. That's, that's really the pivotal point is you start off choosing the leader, but that is your, sets the strategy kind of for the way you're going to play because each of those 25 could not almost be any more different in the style that they lead to in gameplay right yeah and i think it's made to be that way it's like this is not a negative either but this game isn't a super balanced game that is going to be a hundred percent equal footing every time you play it um there will be games that you play and you're starting leader you know is going to be just like like the one you choose versus the one the other one the other person chooses is going to just be like okay there's really no like your odds are extremely against you right and then there's special combos you can get in the game with cards that almost feel like you know like they're just so overpowered or so you know but that's kind of what the game's about i you know it seems like i can't talk about a game without comparing it to seasons but it's kind of like seasons in that way of seasons isn't about like super you know strategy or anything like that it's about trying to find these crazy combos that you know 
almost feel like you're cheating the game or you know but that's what it is but everybody's doing it so that's the point is you're trying to find these great combos that work together and that's kind of how pixel tactics feels to me is you're trying to find that because it's not only about picking that leader so let's back up let's back up so you get dealt five cards let me describe the card before we go any further so each of those cards is going to have a different leader at the top like we said but now if you take that card and you flip it 180 degrees right you just flip it upside down um you will see on the other side of the card which is really the bulk of the card there is a different person which they're called heroes instead of leaders you got a different icon and that's the like your unit or your your troops that you're going to put out you know on the table as you play under that there are what i guess four yeah there's four sections to the card um besides yes. the two you know the leader and the hero and they are listed and there's colors on them but what they represent are the position that you play the card on the table um and then also the the, the three of them are that and then the fourth one is like how you play a special order but i'll get to that in a second so the idea of the game is when you choose that leader, you place it in the center of your tableau in the table. And you have space for nine total cards, including your your leader. So it's a grid, a three by three grid. So it's pretty easy. So you got three three cards on the or you have spot, like space, for three cards on the front row, um, three in the middle, which the very center one's your leader and always is your leader. So um, you can only actually play two there, one on either side of him. And then three in the rear in the back. And I think what makes this game so unique and so cool is that you've got these little they're cards as well, but these little markers that, you know, every turn, like I take a turn, the opponent takes a turn and back in two, it shifts down like the different rows of cards. So your front heroes, the ones at the very the very top, you know, of your tableau, um, you can you can play cards there or activate them and attack or use their spells or whatever you want to do to attack your opponent. Um, and then he gets to react and then it moves down to your second tier. So you can't, you can't just play a card anywhere you want and you can't just attack from anywhere you want. It's this very organized and predictable, you know, system. And I love that because yeah, this, it kind of limits your choices. It's not overwhelming. You know, it's very, this whole game is very like bite-sized, if that makes sense. It's like every, yeah. every round, every choice is like, okay, you know, you know, I, I have three cards in my hand you know but i only have one spot on this on this row so i'm either going to play one to this spot or i can attack with these guys you know so it's it makes the choices very simple in my mind yeah well you're limited to two actions per wave but um i like each part of that game it just feels well designed because um the really cool part that i like is the strategies of how you pick that character to play in each line because as you were alluding to each level that they play in if you put a knight in the front row of your army or the flank or the rear he has a different effect a different thing he can do and he can't do the other unless he moves up in ranks or waves and i that's just leads to numerous strategies of you know, certain characters kind of lend themselves well to support. You know, you might want a, I guess, mage caster type spot to be in the support, but you can very well put a knight back in the back row because of an ability he does that syncs with some other things you have planned. And I think there's also there's a little bit of a war tactic feel to that because it is waves. Um, but that game just the the strategies that can come out of 
such simple mechanics, I guess. It is simple mechanics. You can get someone to play very quick. Yeah. Also, I'm a big fan of. <laughs> you know me. Uh, I like I like a game you can explain quickly, but it has just... Um, uh, there's a lot of depth to it still. I think I think you're um, maybe selling that a little short because there's uh, a lot of depth to the strategy. Well, no, what I meant was everything just feels so compartmentalized that you know it makes your decisions when i said the decisions are easier um, i meant like it takes analysis paralysis out of the equation because like if if okay if the game was exactly the same but i could play anywhere i wanted and attack from anywhere i wanted my turns would take 10 times longer is what i'm getting at it makes i mean your choices are just as meaningful and just as um well tactical and that's the thing this game is way more tactical than strategic for sure because i mean when you say strategy you're usually talking about long-term strategy it's very hard to predict anything long-term in this game this game is very very tactical which is why they call it pixel tactics it's I called think. pixel tactics yeah because you know you can easily easily win the game or at least practically secure the victory in a single turn you know if if something happens and they leave their leader wide open and you're able to do like if you got the right combo you got you're able to double some damage here or there or, or whatever and then attack twice you know you could easily put most if not all the damage on somebody that you know take out all their health and so i think that's where where that tactics comes in it's like you need to be planning for the immediate for the now because you know I would kind of compare this to Hearthstone a little bit, too. I think it feels, you know, out of all the, like, head-to-head games I've ever played, which is very few, but, like, Pokemon and um, Magic and, you know, played very little Magic, but some, and things like that. I feel like Hearthstone is a sim- similar in a way. Um, now, the look of it, you wouldn't think so at all. Um, but when you think about the mechanics and if you just rearrange the cards in, in Hearthstone style, it's actually very, very similar, you know? So if you're familiar with Hearthstone, if, you know, some of the aggro decks is what they call them, like the ones that just try to go, you know, kill the hero as fast as possible, that's pretty much what Pixel Tactics is, you know, um, for the most part. Um, I'm sure there's plenty, there's plenty of leaders in there that could, benefit from a long-term control like trying to there's actually one one leader i know i don't remember his name but he actually adds attack to every single one of his heroes at the end of every turn or end of every round like all like all three you know, um after all three waves and so that means that like he put, he puts a counter on his card and then everybody in your unit just does more damage so like after the first round's over, everybody just does an extra one, and then then two, and then three, and then four. So if you don't, you know, whoever's playing against that guy, you know, you need to kill him as fast as possible, right? You don't need to be yeah, hanging around. Yeah, it's a race, you know. So I mean, but but his strategy should be just beef up and and try to protect and just survive, right? Because as long as he survives, he should he doesn't even have to attack the other guy. No matter how powerful the other team gets you know other person stuff if he adds four or five damage to every single person he plays he's you know he's gonna secure the win you know so but other than that one card i've never seen a leader so far most everything else is all about just go for the throat as fast as possible you know so um and i like that that's what makes it more it's real quick it's real action-packed um 
we've butchered this explanation, not even remotely explained the game. But um, but I, I, the more I play it, the more I like it. And what's crazy about it is I haven't played it with anyone yet that didn't just love this game. Yeah, I was going to mention that too. We demoed the game several times on uh, at RetroCon, and I overall got a good sense that uh, most everyone that played it uh, at least you know had some admiration to it for sure we um several people played it more than once and yeah. uh, seemed to be a big hit so i i can't recommend it enough either to anyone out there yeah. uh, i think we gave a, a a description of it whether it was a good one or not but um you know maybe if that any of that sounds interesting to you definitely check it out yeah or come by sometime when tom's around he'll gladly demo it cause he go. loves to play it yeah, and and not not including me or you or my wife or anybody else that was kind of helping with the with RetroCon. Um, we had I think sixteen, I believe sixteen or seventeen people play it um, at the con. And like I said, out of all of those, we had one person that acted like they didn't really care for it, you know. And um, you know, other than that, I mean, the, every single other person was asking me how could could they buy a copy i said that in the last episode um just to make that clear again which is ain't gonna matter because i forgot again this is gonna air after okicon but um i need to put it on facebook i'm not selling anything quit trying to buy stuff from me at okicon or at at cons because um but everybody would play pixel tactics and pixel tactics and they're like okay so yeah they'd see the copies that i have there and they're like how much and i'm like i'm not selling it like it's for the tournament they're like please you know just let me let me just buy it come on let me just 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 let me buy yeah. it and i'm like no <laughs> it was so hard so we might have to like start selling copies or something i don't know how that works but <laughs> um yeah but yes yeah, so, yeah, so i mean I, I was really shocked and surprised like flip ships we had it set up and everybody you know i think it was a tremendous hit as well but um we definitely had we had a few people that didn't care for it you know like quit halfway through or you know we offered to play it again and like two or three of them wanted to play but that you know but some of them didn't so um you know i think for sure pixel tactics appealed to more people or a higher percentage than than flip ships did but in summation i i just wanted to say that this uh, is a lot of game in a little box you know that uh 50 cards, I guess, uh, 25 for each. That You can get a lot of replayability out of that because of the 25 heroes each. And, you know, it's just every game feels different. So Yeah, I agree. It's a good way to sum it up. I think there's just a lot of game. And there's five of them, right? There's Pixel Tactics 1 through 5. And if you get, if somehow you get bored with, with one or two, you can actually draft and mix them together, you know. And, I mean, gosh, that would even... The variability and replayability just goes through the roof, you know. Well, all right. Well, so we talked about that longer than we either one wanted to probably, and we need to get to the next game, which was The Pursuit of Happiness, and we actually played this together. Oh, and I don't even know if we, I don't even know if we said this. Pixel Tactics is level ninety nine games. Brad Talton, and he did send us the copies um, to demo and to give away. So we want to thank him for that and, you know, give a disclaimer as well. that Those those were um, review copies that were sent to us, um, which I actually have bought, personally bought um, six copies (laughs) at this point (laughs) (laughs) and given away some. So, I mean, I I think that it kind of absolves me from that. But, um, 
but yeah, so we do want to thank Brad and Level 99 Games for, for doing that. And they've done the same thing, you know, or it's the same group of games they sent that we're going to be using at OkiCon. So um, appreciate that. The Pursuit of Happiness, you want to talk about it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, this is going to be a much more difficult game to explain in my mind, but uh, we really got to sit down and get into this one. I think it was the first time you had played. Um, went over oh, the yeah, toms yeah. and. He had it set up, ready to play, and uh, had a neat look to it. And I think the catchphrase he gave me was, "It's like the game of life for gamers." And um, yeah, we sat down and went to playing. And you know what? I would describe it as the game of life for gamers, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> <laughs> in a simple form. But really, really neat game. Um, had a lot of fun in it. Um, I think the interesting things we sat down and you asked me if we were going to play to win or play to role play uh, the game uh, yep. and you end up I think it's a game that maybe not role play but it does lead down a story of life um, I think you're probably going to explain this better Tom but it's essentially a worker placement game um, where you kind of are allowing allotting time time of your life to different activities and uh, basically it's also a hand management game I, I would guess because you're you're picking up projects as a part of a hand and trying to uh, get enough resources to complete a project and I think the thing that really stands out is the game just oozes with the theme um, I don't know if I can think of another game right this second that the theme fits just so well like we, we laughed through the game about how you know we got caught up on a project or a, a lifetime journey uh, I had a bonsai tree and it took me my entire life I think to get that bonsai tree um, project completed so you have to be careful about that but you're talking about the theme I mean I think the most thematic part is the time like you said they're like little hourglass you know wooden bits meeples whatever you want to call them they're just like little hourglasses and um you know that time is your worker and that that's your you know there's all kinds of resources in the game i mean this is a this is a definite 100 percent euro you know worker placement game um but you don't even notice that because like you said it's so thematic um but but it's like the fact that your most precious resource is your workers you know and there's lots of games like that but you 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 were gaining all these stats you're gaining money you're gaining knowledge you know you're going to school and you know what are the other things creativity and um, like social stuff whatever the social one's called and um you know so it's like you're gaining all these resources all the resource management for sure um but it's like none of that you know none of those resources are ever worth what the time's worth <laughs> and I, that's the whole point of this game is that you know you're you're you know this is your life and it's limited and so it's like make the best of the time you have and i just think that's so cool and so like Dumb, like when you speaking when you, some deep <laughs> deep tones here it's like but i mean i'm serious podcast. i think that i i've played this with my with my kids and um i think it's i think it teaches great lessons you know i mean for kids and adults but but it's like you know you get the i don't know like like okay like with you 
you didn't get married or didn't get to have a relationship in the in the game until like a few rounds after me and so like i I, you know i got into a relationship early and that requires time right so to have a relationship i get all these um these extra resources you know whatever i'm getting you know this 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 spouse or whatever is you know a benefit to my life you know in the game to happiness short-term happiness long-term happiness getting these extra like making me more creative or more intelligent or more social or whatever so i'm getting these resources or if they're you could you could be a gold digger i guess and marry a rich spouse and they give you money you know every round so um you know but you can get you know positives from them but it costs you time you got to devote time to your spouse to to get there to your relationship to get those benefits and i just thought that's so cool so to have a if you have a really good job you know a really high paying successful job and a spouse me and you both at different times said the same thing it's like the beginning of your turn you're like all right i gotta devote two time to my to my wife and my family um two or three to my job and it's like i'm down to two hourglasses here i started this game with like seven or eight yeah Yeah, i can't do i got time i don't have time to do anything you know i can't i can't you know and it's just like oh that's the moment for me that was the click when i was like this game is so awesome because and and it might not sound fun to anybody but i mean all i can say is you know two thumbs up for sure i mean everyone should play this game i can't think of anyone that shouldn't play this game i mean it sounds it sounds kind of corny you know we've all played the game of life when we were kids and you know you put your little you know um, your wife and your kids in your little car and drive around and um you know but this is this is not that game so don't don't take it that way this is meaningful choices at every turn the the project cards the items and activities the jobs all that the cards is what makes the game honestly yeah. um there's so many of them they're so varied there's it, it just feels so cool and like like what I was getting at is when I said do you want to role play it or try to like play to win um the more I played it, you know, I wound up playing it three times, maybe that day after you left, I played it with my kids and I played it with Lauren too. And so I played it three times in one day or maybe, maybe with Lauren was the next day, but either way it was three times in that weekend. And by the time it was, you know, the last time I was playing it through, it really was more like, you know, like I chose to be this art curator you know and because i like got a paint collection painting collection like early in the game right as an item like in when i was in my 20s well then i wind up getting some meaningless job right and i'm just working like fast food kind of stuff well then this job comes up that's an art curator you know and i'm just like uh i have to get that job right even though it didn't make sense in the game like to win i grabbed it and then it just i just had to have that and it just made made more sense for my like story yeah. like it as you're playing the game it almost feels like you're you know narrating the story of this person's life and and then you know and then that t- worked out for me because by choosing that profession i was able to you know get a promotion into a level three job which actually helped me win and all that kind of stuff so like i thought it was cool how like i i chose what i thought was wrong because of the story and then it wound up working out at yeah. the end but just, um, so is I, I, so is the days of our lives, Tom, <laughs> or something like try, that, right. right? Isn't that the tone? Yeah, the game is just it's so much fun, man. I, I can't express enough. It might, I don't, I don't even know if I let you in on that, but it might be the most fun game I have played 
in a, a few months, man. Uh, for maybe ever. I have looked behind the game several times after we played it because it just it the thing the theme the things click the mechanics put together so well, um, you know, and it is quite a it's not an uber complex game, but the the weight of it's up. What did we say it was? It's probably nearing three. Um, there's a nah, lot. It's, it's two point four. Oh, okay. Right. Well, even it's right even in your wheelhouse. Oh, uh, good. It's perfect. It's perfect. But uh, <laughs> but no, the game just the pieces fit. Um, and oftentimes, like Tom saying, I found myself, you know, playing into a story, or at least maybe not, maybe not intentionally, but in the end, you do develop the life you've had. Uh, there's items you can focus on accumulating a lot of things, and I, I think, you know, kind of backing up, and we didn't really explain the game much, but I think more important than explaining the game was how much fun it is. I, I don't think we can express that enough, but you start off life as a child with certain innate gifts or determination. They're called child traits. Child traits, yeah. And, um, you know, I can't even remember. I think I was a haggler the the last time we played. Yes, yes. You might be a haggler and do better at bargaining. I think mine was like an overachiever or something. that uh, It took one less resource to complete the first level of basic projects. um, I was basically um, um, the dude... You know Jeff Bridges from uh, the Big Lebowski. Uh, yeah. I could basically I could just rest, and I was all about you know chilling at the beach. You know every five wow. seconds, so I could get more stuff. You know, like, yeah. But I think that's so cool. Like you can take that trait, and like you said, just kind of you can let that just spark your your story. You know, like you know your lot in life, right? Yeah. Like how are you gonna live it out? And that's what's so good about this game is no matter where you start. It has nothing to do with money or anything like that. It's not about becoming the most successful. It's about, you know, the victory points are long-term happiness, you know, and I love that. That's just so cool because it's like you could, you know, you could be the CEO of a, you know, Fortune 500 company and be bringing in so much money and that that would give you some happiness, you know, and that's going to give you points, you know, getting a promotion and you know, excelling in your job. But then you can turn around at the same time and you can, um, you know, just hang out with your friends or go to a bar, or play some video games, and you can get you know, get happiness from that. Yeah, you know? travel activities. Travel, yeah, going on trips. You know, I, I just I, I love the 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 variability of all the things you can do. And like yeah. I said, I I mean, I think it's more fun, like you know, almost role playing a little bit, just going like. You know what would you know what what makes more sense for my character? Not just like mathing out the the points at the end, but but I mean this is a legit balanced, nice worker placement um, euro. So I mean it's um, don't let that turn you off either because it's just soaked in theme. I don't yeah. know. It's really yeah. We didn't even really get into game. some of the the decision making. I mean ultimately you know so you just got some of the basic parts. You know you need a little more knowledge. You spend time studying and you get a little more knowledge. Um, I think, you know, that's pretty understandable, but there's even a mechanic in there of you can work overtime and get more money, but it leads to stress and how thematic yep. again, you know, and then you have to either deal with that stress or guess what? It shortens your lifespan, and that's what the whole point of the game is. Sure Maybe the more morbid point of the game is, you know, you only go until, 
how long you can live and eventually your stress meter just goes out to where you might have a shorter life um yes. you you made a joke about how i uh kind of got ahead of you in the game in the pursuit of happiness and you picked up yoga and extended your life lived another wave than me and come back and beat me by it was a fairly close game we both yeah, had quite yeah. a happy life yeah but that's the thing is like i don't think that I don't think you can play this game and 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 win or lose and not be like that was fun, you know, yeah. because you know it's like even if you lose, you're like I had this 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 character, you know, that I'm playing here just lives this you know awesome life, and you can see all the things you did and all. But I didn't just take up yoga. I mean, I was a <laughs> yoga master. I taught you my own class yoga. for like 20 years. Yeah, like for 20 years, I was a yoga instructor. Okay, so and um, Lauren. I might be getting my games mixed up. Did you eat the salad? Did you have the healthy? No, I didn't. No, no. I, the, oh, only, okay, okay. the only big thing, my guy was a technician, an electronics technician with a video game collection and made a computer but game. But not a gaming PC. Made it, no, I did not get the gaming PC. I tried to and he wouldn't let me. I had to buy um, whatever. I was the, not paying attention to anything you were console, doing. I was just like... Yeah. I, I sure. saw the gaming PC come out, and I was like, yeah, duh, I'm going to get that. Yeah, yeah, stole it from me. I had to deal with consoles, and uh, it was just so cool that the, the theme fit, you know, and, and I really did not set out to tell that story, but you know, I had a technician that made video games and had a video game collection, but I was working. I, I picked up a job early and thought that would be neat. Well, it turned out that it put me behind on getting married. Um, I didn't have any time to date because I was so involved making a video game and having a job. It took all the time, and you were dating. And I think I started dating and got married like within a couple moves. <laughs> and we both had a yeah. good laugh about that as well because it was like you had this lifetime yeah, you, you dating. Went, you went from meeting this girl... Yeah, you went from meeting this girl to having a family in like one turn, yeah. you know. So I'm not. I mean, I'm just. I'm not judging. I'm no. just saying. Just well, might have rushed it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. I say rushed it, I mean you think you were I think you were like 50 years old or something. So something like that. Yeah. I don't. I, he Maybe. didn't live much. He didn't live much longer. He picked up too much stress with the family at that age and didn't last yeah. as long as you did. But awesome game, man. Uh, yeah. Definitely, like I said, probably out of the games we've discussed, I have liked. I don't think I've talked about on the show a game I didn't like, because um, we generally play games we do like. But man, that was a, as you said, two thumbs up. It's three thumbs up on that game. I highly, highly recommend at least watch a video of it, do something, and uh, you'll want to pick it up too, I bet. Yeah, we didn't even um, give credit where credit was due. That's, um, It's actually... I don't even know how you say that. Artipia Games, but Stronghold picked it up, and you know the one I have is a Stronghold um, printing. But I, I think it was originally the other company, and you know, they just kind of, you know, like I said, Stronghold picked it up. But the designers Adrian Abella and David Cherkop. Yep. Don't know. Probably that's not how you say that, but, um, but yeah, great game. The Pursuit of Happiness, um, fairly reasonable price. I mean, you can get it for. You know, thirty-five or forty bucks now, I think. So, um, excellent, excellent game. Um, I was able to play it with my seven and ten-year-olds, um, and I mean, it's so it's easy to, easy for them. I mean, it might have been a little stretch for the seven 
year old well she's almost eight but um the 10 year old had no problem whatsoever she picked it up you know probably faster than me me and you did you (laughs) but um she was right there on it but then you know i don't know it it, and it's something just just the fact that i played it three times in one weekend that should speak volumes because i don't remember the last time i played a game of this you know length because the games the games at least i mean i think you'd be pushing it i think me and lauren might have knocked that last one out in about an hour you know like right at an hour yeah but um I think me and you took closer to two hours, you know, because I was learning it as yeah, well. Yeah, we learned the game yeah. and played it probably just a little over two. Right, so, um, so I think you know, with more people, it is going to add some time. Um, it's not there's not much any there's not really simultaneous play in the anywhere in there. So I mean, I could I could I could see it being you know an hour after you've played it a, a few times and maybe like thirty minutes more for three or four people, you know. Yeah, we've talked about but, um, it for a little while, but uh, I think um, the one thing I wanted to say back about worker placement, I love worker placement games, but oftentimes the most frustrating thing <laughs> is that people beat you out to spots. And, you know, if they take a part-time job, you can't. And I think the awesome thing about this job is, I mean this job, this game is, you can you can go anywhere. People don't block you out. You block yourself from doing again. And you can even repeat the action, but it takes more stress. Um you know, you can study once in this wave, or you can study three times, but you're going to get a lot of stress if all you're doing is studying. So, really neat, because there's not the block mechanic that most worker placements have, but um, just yeah, had to throw I, that I in agree. there. I agree. I was wanting to mention that, too, and I'd forgotten. I'm glad you mentioned it. Yeah, that, that's exactly what you said. It's like, you know, you, you're, blocking, you're blocking yourself, basically. It's like when you, when you decide decide to do something like if you decide to buy an item or or um, do it get a project or something you, you need to make that count because if you try to go back to do the same thing again like you said it's going to stress you out and, and it makes sense you know if you're taking on too many projects at once or um, spending way too much money that can be stressful too or um, or like you said if you're studying you know just doubling up on anything can cause stress and her you know I mean, somewhat thematic so I, I liked it a lot so our topic what we were planning on doing was we were going to do like a rapid fire session of little mini topics yeah and so um super excited about this tom it's kind of like the publisher's clearing house, we're clearing out some ideas, some things we've wanted to talk about for a while, and uh, I think it's yeah, a I neat searched idea. through all the scraps of the Google Drive, you know, folder, all the docs that we had, you know, some ideas here and there, and I just I dumped them in here. So there's not really a rhyme or reason to these. We're just gonna hit them and talk pretty quick, which is gonna be a a feat for me and you. Uh, for to you, try to man. Do anything Maybe I, I'm, I'm a quiet guy. <laughs> you might be quiet, but you're just as lengthy. As I know, I know. Let's so, let's try this though. I'm I'm excited to try it. So. All right, so we'll, we'll take turns, and we'll we'll make we can we can make any question or or statement out of this stuff. But first thing I got written is expansions, and what I want to know from you is what is your take on expansions? When, when what makes you want to buy an expansion? Do you have criteria? Do you how do you feel about expansions? How do you feel about games with lots of expansions? How do you feel about games with 
no like no expansions or very little or small expansions, big expansions. Talk talk to me about expansions. Um, take it, take them or leave them. Honestly, um, games I really love. Of course, I'm more prone to buy an expansion, but typically it's not really my forte. I might surprise you to hear that, but. Uh, I don't just search out expansions, but if I have opportunity to get one love a game, I will buy it. Um, but really, that's kind of it's kind of take it or leave it, and, and it's a game by game basis, which I think is probably the most boring answer I can give. But that's the honest truth. What about you? Well, what? Well, what I'm gonna ask you, but though, what what expansions do you have? Do you have any expansions for games? Uh, yes, I do. I, you're making me go through my mental. Gymnastics of finding. What? First of all, Dominion. Of well, just course. give me the Dominion. Okay. Uh, so why do you have a, why do you have a Dominion expansion? My wife. Why were you not? <laughs> <laughs> True okay. answers, right? Um, but why, I want, why? I want to get to the reason. Yeah. Dominion's a cool, super awesome core game. Wanted more of the game. Wanted more experiences yeah. like it, and wanted to um, build upon those experiences. So. Certainly, Dominion is a, uh, and that's what I was kind of saying. Um, I I can actually love a game and do without suspension because I honestly feel like sometimes suspensions hit that cash grab feeling, or maybe they add a little sure. bit but not enough. Um, another suspension I got that I do really like is the Scoundrels of Scoreport. Um, Lords of Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah. yeah, but mostly the reason why I bought it was the fifth player expansion. Um, but it has a lot of yeah. cool game mechanic add-ons in there. And uh, I think that's what it really needs. I think sometimes I, they're a little lackluster, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So all I want to say, uh, this is a pretty um, rehearsed answer because I've, I've had this discussion quite a few times. So I'm probably... People might have people not might know what I'm going to say here. Might have said it on the podcast. I don't know, but I think you know I got a lot of reasons why I would buy expansions, and I got a lot of reasons why I regret buying some of the expansions. But um, number one reason I want to buy an expansion is, like you said, in your Dominion case, it's got to be a game I love, and I just want more of it. I've played it to death, or I just feel like I've reached to the point where I need more of it, more variability, something to change, just something different because I've played it so much. Um, or just because I love it so much that I have to have it, you know, and that's like Mage Knight, right? I yes. own everything that's ever been made for Mage Knight and um, because I just love that game. It's my favorite game, um, and I just, you know, Krang, I love playing with him. He's one of the expansion guys. The Lost Legion is so good. But, but, like, even if it's, like, if they came out with an expansion today, right now, they said, hey, there's a new mini expansion for, for um uh, Mage Knight, and it's just going to be four new cards, and it's not really going to do anything, you know. When it's ten bucks, I'm going to order it, you know. Like that, I would not recommend that for anyone else. I'd be like, no, 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 you don't need to buy that. That's 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 crazy. It's just a rip off. You shouldn't get it. Yeah. But I'm going to order it because I love Mage Knight, and I got to have everything ever made by Mage Knight, <laughs> you know, yeah. made for Mage Knight. So, um, so there's that kind of reason. Like you just love the game; it's your favorite game, or and you just want more of it. Um, but then I think another time is if it brings something so new and it, it helps the game so much in a way. Um, and my example for that is champions of Midgard. Um, so the Valhalla expansion, so champions on its own is fine. It's a great game. Like there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't need the expansion to be a great game. Cause it is a great game in my opinion. Um, 
But what Valhalla does for it is just so much better. And it just takes it from a great game, in my opinion, from like a I will recommend this game anytime to nearly a 10 out of 10 for me. I mean, it's it goes from like I would recommend this for anyone to buy to one of my top games of all time when you add the Valhalla. Um, so there's those kinds of games, I mean, kinds of expansions. But the biggest thing with expansions is that um, some of them feel like cash grabs. Like you said, they don't add a lot to it. And so you kind of got to be careful with that. You know, like don't, don't just buy them because they come out, you know. Um, never, ever, ever buy an expansion without playing the base game. So many people do that. Yeah. They go ahead and buy the game and the expansion. Yeah, and before somebody right. says these guys don't understand games, there's certain games that we might not be as much into. Uh, Star Realms comes to mind, games like that, to where uh, card games, to where a lot of the mechanics are in expansions and the game keeps evolving through expansions. Expansions are great, but it's really a case-by-case basis. Um, yeah. But that's that's my biggest thing is like if it's you know if it brings a new element to the game or another you know now and I've played it enough get get as much as out of it as you can on the base game is I guess my advice but all right game component upgrades blinging awesome. out your games do you have any of that stuff do you upgrade your game <laughs> other than painting them probably less so that is probably a next step that I just have not taken um, I will say I have been a uh, definitely perused the broken token several times to look at uh box add-ons and and uh sorters um but i've tried a few i've I've got my pandemic uh little counter little diseases and little petri dishes um but that was only that's more of a you know not a true add-on on their part but you know just upgrading i, I include all that and then painting the parts of my board games i can't say i don't do that so that's upgrades, but as far as you know, really spending time to update things, I haven't really went down that r- rabbit hole. Luckily, um, probably the most tempted I've been is the meeples in Lords of Waterdeep um, over the cubes. I know yeah, you purchased those. them, so yeah, maybe it's a better. But I have for the you. I have the whatever they are the plastic ones. I don't know what they what they're made out of, but they're. What are they like? Vinyl? I don't know what that is, but acrylic, basically I think. plastic. Yeah, maybe they're acrylic. I don't know. They're like they're die cut, you know, like cut out. But um, you know, they're pretty good. I enjoy them for sure. But the wooden ones are well. First off, they're ridiculous. Only last time I saw the the wooden set, like the original D and Deeples, they call them. Yep. Um, they were like, gosh, like sixty or seventy bucks. You know, it's yeah. so like way more than the game sells for. You know, and I'm just thinking, wow, you know, that's so much money. But um, but yeah, I mean, I don't regret getting the the ones I have. I mean, I think it adds a little something, a little flair to it. But I mean, like metal coins, things like that. I enjoy that. I don't like paper money, you know. Um, I'm you know, I'm a sucker a, for components, but I like a good deal of ones coming in the box. Um, for sure, I've I think I've said that before on the podcast. I am a super sucker for components. I have gotten to the point where I'm pretty spoiled, and I love miniatures over cardboard punch-out characters um when i get a cardboard char- punch-out character i'm like a spoiled little kid and like oh man <laughs> i'm one little right. miniature but uh every game doesn't need it and and i think me and you um again i probably need to back up and say this isn't a judgment call if anybody out there has 200 bucks and upgrading their favorite game that's awesome to, in my opinion because 
you know, it's your game, and you should do what you want. But I think we both fall to the buying new games, um, and yep. probably not upgrading the. It's a disease. Yes, exactly. So I think I think it's, it's like, just our yeah. mindset. I'm always weighing that out, yeah, for sure. Like, you know, do I want to buy this upgrade or do I want to buy another game? Like, I've got the, you know, I've got custom player mats I got off BGG that I got printed by, oh, yeah. what's the name of that company? Um, Inked, or, yeah, Inked Gaming, that's the name of it. Um, I got the, you know, it's like the mouse pad, you know, material with these huge oversized mats. I think you've seen them before. But um, I got I'll those from H Night. They look good. Yeah, they're they're really expensive. You know, I'm not gonna even tell you how much they were, but uh, <laughs> well, they're so expensive. I only got two of them because you know we wanted four for the you know there's four characters, but I just only could only do two at the time. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll get the other two. But um, you know, but I don't regret that at all because that's so much more enjoyment I can get out of that game. You know, but you know that that's that's again it goes back to my my favorite games and like Tom Vassell. He he blings out every single one of his games, you know, the Dice Tower. Oh, yeah. But that's because he rarely buys any games. You know, it's so like every game he has, he has like thousands of games, and every all the games he has, people have given them to him. So like for reviews or whatever, and he keeps them. And yeah. um, so it's it's kind of like he he might actually spend less money than the average gamer, you know, on the hobby. I doubt it, but he could. And he, but but yeah, every single one of his games are like as blinged out as possible. That's like one of his big things. One thing I would like to do is get the playing card money that um I can't remember who makes that, but it's like a couple decks of cards, but it's money. You know, you can use that in, instead of other, you know, um like in games, and then get like the metal coins that are like generic that can work with anything. Yes. Like I wouldn't mind having like some yeah like a like have a little box in my on my shelf with like all these universal upgrades that I could use and and oh, we have some things idea. like that but yeah that way you you know you can contribute to any any game like I I use other dice right like even when we were playing Pixel Tactics I get my D20s out. I don't use those little you know blood drop markers you know I just I use the D20 to set the the health and also i mean i do things like that you know but that's more like using something and even even in the most basic sense you uh you're a big component of sleeving your cards i have for a few games but uh i don't treat my games as well as you do i don't guess tom mine's all sitting (laughs) in it's sitting under a leaking pipe over under a crushed cardboard box is how my games are stored It depends, no. you know. If it's a game that uh, that you shuffle a lot, you know, then absolutely. Um, you know, and it's so funny because it was love story. I mean, love letter. Um, when we got love letter, is you know, we were in Savannah and we were in the um, uh, hotel and we picked up love letter. Love letter that day and we were going to play it, me and Lauren, and we just played it like laying there in the bed for the first time. And while we were playing the first game of it ever, the princess. Um, you know, when we were trying to shuffle them up, the princess got a little nick on the top of it. And since it was the princess, I couldn't forget it. You know, like no matter how hard I tried, I'm like, I now know that the princess has that little nick on it at the top. And it's so so easy to see, right? And so like that like has bothered me since I've owned that game. Um, which we've we played Loot Letter more than it, you know, the most. No, I was wondering but. how you never lost that game. And now I know, you cheater. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Marking right. cards. No, no. Actually, you actually, that's the, the thing cards. is, I wound up, I wound up sleeving them. You know, with like yeah. the sleeves that have the colored backs. You know, yeah. so you couldn't see them. Okay. And so, 
but anyway, so that's what I was getting at was, but, um, but so like sometimes things like that, you know, can be an issue, right? So like if the quality's not quite there, but I, I like anything that's going to like heavily, heavily shuffled up, you know, multiple times. I want, I want those to be sleeved for sure. Awesome. Let's keep going, man. Uh, I want you to take okay. the lead on this one. Um, picking games to buy. How do you go oh, about man. choosing what you're going to buy next? Any listeners out there that's got any advice for me, then send me send it to it at Tom at whoshuffle.com because uh I, I mean my my default is what my wife would say is that um I don't. I just buy everything, right? <laughs> just whatever I see, I, I buy it. Close your eyes and just <laughs> click around on on Yeah, yeah, I just Tell I just click stuff. In your cart. Um no, I've actually gotten to the point where I have so many games now, like relative to where I, when I started, I'm at about two hundred and fifty. So I've got all these games, and I've got a ton of games that I haven't played, right, that I really want to play, and they're so great, and they're still in the shrink because I just haven't had time to play them. Um, so when I go to buy a new game, I'm a lot more critical now than I was years ago. And when I first started, it was just like, cool game, order, cool game, order. You know, like, and oh, don't get me wrong, cool stuff loves me too because, I mean, I, I, you know, I always get the free shipping every time I make an order, right, so you got to you know, you got to get free shipping, you know, hundred dollars order here and there. So, um, but, but now I kind of go through this process where I'll like put it in my cart then I'll put it in the, on the wish list. And sometimes I'll let it sit there for, you know, weeks or a month. And over that time, new stuff will come out. I'll, you know, whatever. And then like, I kind of like make myself wait and, you know, I don't let the hype, you know, get to me. I try to, I try to fight against the hype and, kind of let it die down i want to see what the i want to see the second reaction you know from the from the community and from reviewers and things like that i want it to kind of settle down before i i purchase stuff i don't have to have it you know when i first hear about it or when it first comes out and, and and i catch sales that way too you know and so i take my time i do my research and i i don't i don't purchase on a whim or on a you know based on hype so i think i think i've came a long way but i guess my biggest um and it kind of goes into another thing, actually. What I what I wrote down as like a few topics down is taste versus versus comfort zone. I want to tie that back into these buying these games because I think it's very critical to figure out what your taste is. But and you want to you want to try to stay in between your you know when you're trying to buy a game you want to try to stay in your taste right. But yeah. um. I think you want to get out of your comfort zone. Um, I think staying in your comfort zone is a terrible idea because then you'll just wind up playing the same kinds of games over and over and over all the time. Um, but figuring out what you like, you know, and doing your research, I think that is a huge part of why, I mean, out of the hundreds of games I've bought, I've only ever, like, gotten rid of or, or you know, tried to get rid of or given away or sold or whatever, maybe, I mean, a fraction, like a handful of games. I think that I've been extremely lucky in lucky and my process has been pretty sound. Um, I haven't regretted many purchases, you know, and I think that's because I'm figuring out what I like, you know, I can pretty much read the rules or see a video online and I'm going to know if I'm going to like the game or not, you know? Yeah. I I definitely research. My, my new method has been, I keep a, wish list um i actually keep a physical note i'll, I'll note a game down and um, sometimes move the game around and what i found is sometimes the games do fall off that list over time um and 
sometimes I feel a little bad that I've missed a game, um, but I'm still, I'm going to be 100% honest, I'm a bad component of uh, just the fun box art bandit buying at a game store. Uh, I have done that several times, you know, get down to a game store and just like, you know what, I'm going to pick up a couple games today. And uh, I haven't really went wrong. I still usually will check a ranking, and I don't own many games that aren't uh, amongst some of the highest rankings, you know, at 7 or above on uh, Board Game Geek or so, because I will check games out, but I don't have a tried and true method, and but because of that, I have a few games that are not brought to the table much, or that I really just didn't enjoy as good, so that's kind of let that be a tale of uh, advice, I guess. Well, what's next on our list here? Um, You want to talk a little bit about uh, the sorting of your game shelves, Tom? I think you might have mentioned this Ooh. once before. This is a difficult one too. Yeah. That's probably why it was couched for a little while. But uh Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's hard. There's no <laughs> good way. If anybody knows a good way of that, Tom at whoshuffle dot com, send me your tips. Because okay, so my wife and I both, I guess I'm O C D for sure. Um I like everything's gotta be just right and I'm a perfect perfectionist and that's why editing these podcasts are so much trouble because I have to you know really go through every little second of it but um but then she's like the super organizer right like she's really good at organizing things and um she enjoys that stuff so like it's this weird combination but that's what happens is every now and then like as i'm buying more games and you know getting more stuff the the shells just become a complete disarray and that's pretty much how they are right now i've got just like game boxes stacked up in the corners and things i've bought because I don't have anywhere to put them yet. But what she'll do is we'll take every game off of our shelves. Yes, this is what happens. We take all the games down, um, put them in the middle of the room. I mean, in their relative spots. We're not changing up because we've already got kind of a system in place. We get on Board Game Geek, and I export my collection, and I sort it in Google Docs by weight. Yes, by complexity. <laughs> and we sort these games on our shelves by weight. Yeah. And that sounds like a nightmare, but... Um, it's really not so bad. We break the rules in a lot of ways, though. But um, you know, we'll I, I like I put on my fantasy flat big box games. They're all on the same shelves, and the days of wonder. You know, box sizes and like kind of collections like that. Um, you know, because we've got a lot of days of wonder games, and they're all the same size. I mean, hello, that's the answer to this: is game publishers come up with some flipping standardized box sizes i mean <laughs> i hate i hate that they're all so different you know it's like if they were all the same i would my ocd would let me you know sleep at night not thinking about how uneven shelves but um but so like you know like i said i'll group things together but 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 generally i kind of have like a gateway game really super light anybody could play including the kids shelf and then I have like a next step kind of you know shelf, and so and I think I've said that on the podcast. I'm sure um, it works out really really great for me when people come over and we have a game group, you know, here at the house. I can say, okay, you know, you know, I know who's here, you know. I'm so like, I'm like, but this group, you know, y'all can pick anything from these two shelves, and we're probably going to be fine. I'm going to play anything they want, but that's my recommendation. You stick to this shelf, right? And then like when Ryan comes over, or when Josh came over and we played. Um, rising sun you know i'm like you know okay the good stuff's over here this is the top shelf stuff right like the the heavy stuff you know so um you know it, 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 i think it's 
no i'm I'm thinking it's very very functional is the way you know it's a lot of work and then when you get when you add new games it kind of gets to the point where we are now right we've got to take them all down and redo them and it'll get to a point where i got so many games i think if my collection keeps growing that that just won't be feasible anymore like it's because it's i mean it's a lot of work i mean it's hours to do that you know um just like but see like if somebody said they organize them by like alphabetical, I would just be like, that's just crazy talk. You know, like that makes no sense to me, but it's literally the same thing. Like putting them in a set order. Right. So um, I, I literally just played a game of, uh, uh, Oh my goodness, man. How did that just slip my mind? Um, Tetris. I play a game of Tetris and fit shapes on shelves. And, um, Luckily, I yeah. I have built-ins. I know you've seen them in my office. That way, yeah. they have actually cabinet doors in front of like bookshelves, so I can shut them off and hide my game collection behind it. So I don't really fret as much, but I just make them fit on the shelves. So maybe yeah. I'm a terrible person, I guess. But mine are all more, open though. Yeah, mine's more the Tetris style of. Oh, that game's got a good shape to go there, and it gets put with. You got games of all varieties. If I read off one of the shelves, you would probably laugh at the way mine are. You know what's touching and what's beside one another. It's, I'm sure it's fun. It's probably hilarious. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm always any better or anything, but it just works for us. You know, in our in our situation, because we have a lot of new gamers that come over, and um, you know, when we're introducing people to games, you know, family or friends or whoever, you know, it's like. You know, like I said, it's easier for me to have kind of a shelf. Because, I mean, if if you walk in and there's just like hundreds of games, right? Yeah. It's like kind of overwhelming for me and for them, you know, because um, I'm trying to, you know, but if I've got it limited to, hey, this is this is your shelf, right? We can, we can pick something from here. Or if we play a game and they like it or don't like it, you know, you can kind of move to a different section and kind of see where they fit in and then it's like you know picking games that are close to it on my shelf you know you're probably going to be more in your comfort zone yeah, um, as far as complexity all right so we don't have much more time so i want to hit two more things specifically um this one's pretty cool it says do you prefer to play your games at home or and this is a, a question i don't remember i think it was in the in the group on facebook do you prefer to play games at your home or out at a friendly local game store, cafe, pub, or an event? So I think that's really interesting. I'm going to let you take lead on that. <laughs> I think the trick to that question is saying, do you prefer? Uh, I, I enjoy playing games anywhere. There's fun people um, because that's really the core of why I play games is to have fun. Um, but probably I'm more comfortable uh, of course, in my home, um, I still, uh, you know, probably not, I, I don't get out as much as, uh, some, you know, people would go out the more cons and all I'm saying to me, I, I don't really, I'm not really as near to the gaming group to be able to visit weekly and play. So, um, just by really more setup than, than preference, I end up playing a lot more games at home or maybe at one of your guys' homes. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I think a out. home, not not yeah. necessarily your home, yeah. but at a home yeah. for sure. Yeah, what, I'm I'm not against any. Um, like I said, it's hard to put the preference title on it for me. But yes, I'm probably more comfortable in a home. But it's just because of uh, local South Georgia. You know, it's, there's some wonderful groups out there that's been started. And uh, shout out again to Waycross Gaming Group. That's um, you know they're really taking off and establishing something nice over there that. 
um, I'm quite jealous of because uh, the two hours is just a little too much for me to drive, you know, weekly. But uh, definitely plan on trying to catch more events over there myself. So. Yeah. I mean, there's about 450 members in that group now. It's kind of crazy. But, um, yeah, so I guess all I would say on that is it depends on the on the game. It depends on who I'm playing it with. But, I mean, yeah, I think I think anybody's going to be more comfortable in their home for sure. But I think it's just a totally different experience. And there's no – I'm not going to say I prefer one over the other. But I think the plus sides of playing at home is, well, you know, you can – play in your pajamas if you you know just with your family or whatever you're more comfortable you're going to be in your comfort zone um yeah. if you get interrupted um you can leave the game set up go do whatever you need to do and are you know what i'm saying there's not a there's usually going to be a time constraint um anywhere other than your home right yeah so if you're at an event or in a public place there's going to be hours there's going to be you know like time that they're open there's going to be um you know, maybe you've got only got a table for so long, like, you know, our game is rented or something like that at a con. Um, so, you know, I mean, I think there can be stressful things like that, but I think the big positives, so being comfortable, I guess is what the home thing, but the big positives of the other stuff, like at the cons I've been to and, and like playing things at a, like even at like Finertia and Valdosta, like the, you know, kind of public game store, um, you get to meet other people and you get to play other games and and also if when I'm at Dice Tower Con or even like at RetroCon this past weekend, everybody there is, is is there for games, right? So it's like you walk into this room and you want to sit down and play a game and it's like everybody else in the entire place is thinking the same thing you are. Let's play a game, you know? Um whereas if even if it's it's your home, you know, or somewhere or whatever you might be trying to, or I usually am, I'm trying to fit a game to a group or introduce a game to a new person. And sometimes that could actually be a little more stressful. You know, like if I have, you know, somebody over that's never played any games and we're, we're trying to sit down and introduce something to them, you know, that I'm wondering if they're going to like it. There's like, sometimes that's more pressure to me, um, you know, trying to, like I really want them to have a good time, right? Yeah. Um like hosting sometimes can be more stressful to me than like being in a public place. And like I said, you go to a con and it's just, just think about that, you know, like, like I'm in Walmart or I'm at the mall or something by myself, like, or, you know, doing something in any public place. And like, I feel like I'm the only person there that's thinking about board games. <laughs> right. Yeah. I got of hundreds and hundreds of people, but then you walk into a con and you're like, everybody here is thinking the same thing i'm thinking and that's just such a good feeling of like i could play a game with anybody in here like i don't know this this is a totally different atmosphere and, and i like that stuff you so. know what you know what comes to mind though I, I think maybe we'd be remiss not to say it and maybe it's just me but i i think sometimes um if i there's positives to both but i guess in my mind as i was sitting there thinking the only thing that bothers me sometimes at um, events is the distractions. Um, and maybe it's just me and my attention, but uh, sometimes, you know, I find people, it, there's, if there's more distractions, it's easier to get tempted to sway and it's sometimes harder to learn new games out when there's so many things uh, going on. Sometimes that also can that. happen at, at home, you know, environments where 
somebody's more <laughs> interested in doing something else than learning the game. But uh, sometimes, and I guess that's the only thing that comes to my mind, is sometimes at events when there's so many things going on, uh, it can be easily distracted. But that's probably a personal thing to each person's attention span and um, I guess tendency to to wonder. Yeah, people, I hear that as a common complaint with cons um, or big events is that they feel like there's so much going on, they want to go and do and see everything and they feel guilty for sitting down and playing a game. Like they could play a game at home, you know, like they could play this game anywhere, like bringing a game and playing it at a con. Like there's just like, I mean, that's not me. That's what I'm saying is that's totally opposite for me, but I, I can understand that. Like this yeah. kind of like this pressure to get your money's worth or get your time's worth of like while you're there, you know, doing and seeing everything that's offered the events and the, the shows and things. Yeah. But, um, but with me, it's like, I go to those events to play games, you know? So I'm, I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm waking up at six in the morning and, you know, trying to stay up all night. I'm trying to get as much game time in as possible while I'm there. Cause that's the way I look at it. You know, I'm trying to just play games. Good point. But, Good point. Okay, so the only other thing I really want to go over was this. I think you had kind of looked it up already, so I thought this was a good question. This was from Winston. Um, it was a guy we saw at RetroCon. He sent a sent in a question. He says he wants to know what's a game that you like a lot, but is ranked very low on BGG. So, um, uh, you want to go first? Did you already look this up? This is, yeah, yeah. I was looking through my uh, what I could think of in my collection and uh, kind of where they fell. And like I was saying, uh, I I generally do try to research the games and uh, so that I get the best value out of the game. Um, the rankings aren't everything. Uh, I think is the heart of this question too, uh, because you can have a lot of fun on a game that isn't always critically acclaimed, but I tend to use the rankings as somewhat of a guideline in making sure I'm getting value. And I also feel like this question could be a question of shame. I don't think it was intended by this guy, but I meant in the broader sense, you know, it's like your what's your guilty pleasure of a game? What does everybody else think is terrible but you're an avid defender of? And if I have to choose one that I probably had the most fun of that has the lowest ranking, I can think of uh, and pull up is actually Munchkin. Munchkin has a yeah. 5.7 review. It's about down about 3,500 in the whole board game rank, which is down there, uh, not deep down there. But um, I probably have maybe one or two games rated lower, but that is the game that I, I have had fun with. We have had good party groups together and kind of had light, light, almost role-playing type scenarios with that game you know almost uh just fun it's been a fun event and so i i have no problem with that game at all and i think that fits the mold for that best for me yeah i'm on the bandwagon <laughs> i don't, you like, don't like the game i know <laughs> but actually actually that's a game that's on I, I would put that on my list of games that i would like to give a, a second chance because we played that game right when we started you know, playing games we probably had less than you know 20 games at the time maybe 15 games or less i don't know when we got munchkin 
and we just didn't like it lauren didn't like it i'm trying to i mean i never never really played it with a big group but i think that playing it with the right group because we don't really like take that yeah that's, we've never really enjoyed just in your face take that stuff <laughs> and that's what that game is that's all that game it is, is. And that, they and, can be um, a lot of fun, though, man, with the with the right group, a handful of couples, and um, you know. But, it, but you can imagine like newer gamers, like yeah. not not used to it. I could see it being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could it, have a similar experience. It, so it I think uh, us being more experienced, I might like it more now yeah. than I did at the time. So yeah. I'm getting it. Yeah, it, it's reminiscent to me of like an older, like a what would be a poker group or an adult group getting together, and you know, just having fun you know kind of giving each other trouble <laughs> back into yeah. so I, i've i've had fun with it so i can say and uh again i kind of i feel a little bad because as i was looking i don't i don't have anything down in like the threes or four like nothing under a five um at all do i have and that's partly because i i do use the rankings pretty heavy in picking games to buy well now i mean board game you, you know the default rating is 5.5 Okay. So it would have to be just astronomically terrible to be, be under five. Down. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, just because maybe your favorite game is ranked poorly on Board Game Geek, but um, you have to have a ton, a ton of reviews to get it down to a four. You know. Yeah, I've seen um, I've seen a four, so I didn't I didn't know the whole algorithm down below that then. Yeah, yeah. I think it takes it probably takes about a hundred or, and I'm talking about the geek rating. Too, yes. Not yeah. the okay. you know to the geek rating. So that, which is what everything's sorted by. So like the overall rank and all that kind of stuff. It's all about the geek rating. So I think it would take like at least a hundred, maybe a hundred and fifty reviews, um, of all under five, you know, to to get it down below five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But anyway, it doesn't matter. So what about what about you, game man? Uh, what's so your... mine, I, I'm a, I go along with you. I, I buy the the highly acclaimed game. So almost all of my collection is, you know, much much higher ranked um but the one that really sticks out is harvest us and i know we've talked about that on the show before i think but um, um it's gray fox games it's a rolling right and so for those who don't know what that means you you're rolling a bunch of dice and everybody it's like these little notepads and everybody tears off a sheet and you just got a pencil and that's the whole game is just this pool of dice and, and everybody's filling out their little sheet and um I just love this game. I mean, it's in, it's like almost just about 3000 ranked, you know? Um, so, I mean, it's not terribly low, but it's by far the lowest one on my list. That's, you know, that I've have it ranked as maybe an eight, I think. So I really, really, really enjoy this game. It's fun for adults and for kids, easy for the kids. But, um, what makes it so endearing is a lot of rolling rights are just place the numbers down, right? Like write it on a number into a grid. And those games are fun. You know, I mean, I, I, I would really like to explore more rolling routes myself, but um, I've never played one that I didn't like. Yahtzee is the most classic rolling right, you know, so it's a rolling yeah. right game. But um, but Harvest Dice, instead of writing down the numbers, you're actually drawing out these little vegetables, you know, it's like carrots, um, lettuce, and tomatoes, and in this little grid, and it feels real Sudoku-y, a little bit like Sagrada, um, so it's, you know, it's just kind of like this little puzzle, but then like when you get, when you kind of get stuck and or if you get a, you know, get a, a dice that you don't need or don't want, um, you can just feed it to your pig and there's this whole little like, you know, um, change the dice values, you know, like, uh, basically it's like, a, um, you know, luck mitigation mechanic, um, when you're feeding the pig, you know, your excess vegetables and, 
and the scoring you know is like there's like this little market where each time you know you, the last person that goes pretty much has a they get the decision of which um which of the three vegetables like goes up in price basically or how the prices get affected and um there's just a lot to this tiny little game that you can teach in like not even five minutes i mean one minute you can be playing this game and it's so accessible for kids but there's a ton of strategy for adults and I don't know. I just I fell in love with this game. We played it a lot. Um, we're not hadn't used up the pad yet. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of little sheets in the pad, but um, but yeah. I mean, I, I give it a solid eight, and um, I, I can't rec- recommend Harvest Ice enough. And I, I, I don't know. I think that's the one that I think it's very. I think it's underrated. You know, I don't think it. I feel like personally, it's not just my taste. I think it's a really great game that just kind of went under the radar myself, but. Good choice. Can I? Can I? I'm gonna. I'm gonna cheat. I want to throw one more that hit my mind. <laughs> okay. I just. I, I feel like you want, might want to take my gamer card, but maybe one of the first games and most popular Walmart type game. You know, this anybody is everywhere that I would champion. Maybe not an eight, but I would say, you know, let off of my game is Cranium. Man, I. I do like a good game of Cranium. It really started me into probably more board gaming, not hobby gaming, but it started me. It's one of my most uh, cherished adult, you know, memories where we started back into playing games. We played a lot of Cranium with groups and parties. Yeah. Are you going like <laughs> to fight me on that one? You like it? Good. No, no. Yeah, we, we, we like the Cranium. Um, I actually, I don't even really remember all that much about it because I haven't played it since probably high school or something but but what I do remember is I remember all the like moments and I think that's what makes the game good anyway exactly. I don't remember the mechanics but I remember the moments and I'm going to tell this story and I'm going to call him out on the podcast by name because he deserves it <laughs> um, my brother-in-law David <laughs> this is we have we have told this story so many times we were playing Cranium I don't even know I, might have, I think I was still in high school I don't remember sometime in there and um I might have been in college, I don't know. But um, he has to do the, the well, I'll just describe what he does. He makes a little stick figure out of clay. He's doing the clay model one, like the Play-Doh one. And he makes this little stick figure out of clay, right? Yeah. Well, then he makes, like, another stick figure that's maybe half his size, right? And he makes, like, rolls out a snake or a tube, like, uh, bigger than both of their bodies, right? Like, this humongous roll right like this massive thing like twice as long as the the bigger person's or stick figure's body length and he lays it on the table he connects them together and takes his hand and just tomahawk chops it right in half and then looks at us like we're idiots (laughs) yeah and he does this he does this like six times and none of us ever knew we could not stop laughing because he's just like shoot you know, he does it over and over, and we just laugh, and time runs out. We never guessed it, but it was umbilical cord, and oh it seems so obvious. It seems so obvious after that, but we were like, why did you make it so big? <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> this thing was like massive. It'd be like 30 yeah. feet long and like bigger than your entire abdomen, you know? It was just like this massive yeah. you know, thing. That was the umbilical cord, you know? And we laughed, and that's been our cranium story, like, yeah. for years and years but yeah i always like cranium yeah any game that can make you act 
completely foolish in a party. I do dig at yeah. times. Uh, it's the only game I've ever played with a guy where he took his shirt off and fake wrestled uh, to show mother <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's those moments like that. That's why when I was thinking and looking at the shelves, it's it's one of those priceless moments. If you've never had a gaming group and done it, it's, it's, it's not in the vein of some of the hobby games that we oftentimes champion and love. But it's, Yeah, it's I don't I don't know time. how it would stack up. Like if I sat down and played a game of Cranium right now, yeah. I don't know if I would like it or not like i don't know if it would hold up against these other games but but i only have fond memories of it so i don't really know you know what i'm saying so um but i mean i used to like any kind of trivia games you know i got a ton of those um uh, battle of the sexes all those games from you know and like um what was the game where you can't i can't champion battle of the sexes i have it but i i never liked it tom (laughs) i always liked it but i mean again that that was in high school too. I mean, it was yeah. my sister's game, but we played it and we played those seen it DVD games, you know, and we loved all that stuff. But I mean, that was before, you know. So, um, and I think sometimes that kind of stuff is like just leave it as a good memory. <laughs> you, Maybe know, so. you probably don't. You probably don't need to bring out some of those games that I played just because the memory is good, and it probably could only be bad at this point, you know. But just enjoy the memory. There might be some nostalgia, but that's about it. Well, unless you got something else you want to add. Oh, man, I think it's it's been a fun show. I, I don't know if <laughs> it would be fun to listen to because we have really been everywhere, but uh, maybe it, it, it felt a lot of, like a lot of fun to do. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we um we only went over about half of the stuff that we had listed here, so we might have to do another mini-topic um, rapid-fire segment another day. But, um, oh, I did want to mention this, um, that survey – that I brought up. Um, I'm going to put a link to this on the Facebook group, but it's quanticfoundry.com. I don't know, um, surveys, you know, some kind of tabletop survey. But if you just Google Quantic Foundry and tabletop survey, you should be able to find it pretty easily. But um, that's that survey I took that pointed me towards the pursuit of happiness. Uh, um, I, I answered this, you know, the surveys like, 30 questions put in a few of my favorite games like and it searches bgg's you know database and 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 it's crawling bgg data and based on what other people like you know what you've got in common like what what answers you answered and what your favorite games are it's like you would probably like these games and as soon as i did it it popped up like a top 10 and six or seven of those games i owned already and i loved them i was just like whoa this is you know scary how accurate this thing was and then there was like this little checkbox, and it like opened up like not popular games or not as highly ranked games and that's when aeons end or eons in however you say it and for the pursuit of happiness that was the top two games recommended for me and i was so convinced that i purchased both of them <laughs> you know so I, I recommend everybody take that little quiz and um check it out like you know there's i don't know who'd made it or anything about it i'm in no way connected to them but um I mean, it's free you know but it was just so so cool that that pointed me to pursuit of happiness and then i bought it and i love that game now you know so definitely recommend trying that definitely share a link to it yeah yeah i will I'll put it on the facebook group and might even put it in the show notes Sounds great. All right. Well, that'll do it for the show. And I guess the biggest thing, I just want to remind everybody, um, 
well, never mind. This is gonna be after OkiCon. I keep thinking, keep thinking that it's um, before because t- today <laughs> is the second of May. Yeah. So we've Recording got three early. more days. Yeah, we got three more days till OkiCon. So um, I'm excited about that. And I guess next episode we will be going over that, and, and maybe it'll be a RPG episode. But um, I'm gonna be. I'll tell you, you know, how it went and go over all that. But we're giving away so much stuff. So um, get on the Facebook. Anybody who's not, the Facebook group has gotten pretty active lately. Um, just find us at, at Who Shuffled on Facebook. Um, I've been really enjoying um, some conversations I've been having with the email as well. Um, I've had about, I don't know, 10 or 15 people emailing me, um, you know, that's mostly from the con this past weekend and i'm enjoying that so you can that's just my name tom at whoshuffle.com um just any, anything you want to any questions you want to submit to the show or get in touch with us uh, we want to hear from y'all submit some questions we've got a few questions left but the, the whale's running dry so we need y'all to submit those and look forward to um next week oh are you going to be in the rpg campaign undecided <laughs> I've got a lot of things going on right now in May. I I do hate it, but every single weekend we are so booked up. And I well, Phil Phil sent me an email today and told me which um, campaign he's doing, and I think it's Ravenloft. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Ravenloft. Um, So I'm really excited about it. It's a older module for sure, one of the classic modules. But I've never done it, you know, so I have no idea. what it's about or anything really but you know i think it's like a castle or i'll be some vampires or something i don't know but i'm really i'm really excited about doing ravenloft all right then we'll wrap up the show uh everybody we really appreciate every listener out there and um like us on facebook and um itunes especially well that helps us get the word out to other people helps us out a lot but um uh, thanks for listening. This is Tom Tanner. I'm Hugh Stevens. Thanks for listening to Who Shuffled. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at Who Shuffled. Like I said, the Facebook group's the most active area, but obviously we're on Twitter. And the window. <laughs> it's like, boom. Did you hear it? I don't know if you heard it. Yes, I heard it. Excuse me, man. I yeah. think somebody's I think somebody's in the room with them.